this is the first group ride for a lot of our riders. So they're amazed that they can get out to Sepulveda Basin so quickly. And they thought mm. this, that that ride from Burbank sounded just more than they could ever do. Right. And suddenly mm. you go, oh, this isn't that bad. Isn't that the most fantastic feeling when somebody... And so we're helping open people's eyes to the potential of what they can do on a bike. Yeah. And when we have great resources like the Chandler Bike Path, it makes it easy to get people out there. We got Nick Richard, Don Ward, co-host, Bike Talk, KPFK Livestream. And with us in the studio is Mike Hollis with Walk Bike Burbank, which is a chapter of LACBC. How you doing, Mike? I'm good. It's okay. good to be here. All right. We got Corey Wilkerson, who is a former employee of the city of Burbank, whose car is making a bunch of noise, but that's okay. <laughs> Corey, you there? Sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm here, man. What was, what was your title at the city of Burbank? What's that? What was your title over there at City of Burbank when you were working there? I was a transportation planner. Transportation planner. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And once upon a time, I wrote the bike plan for the City of Burbank. Wow. So we got a um, high level. Nah, man. <laughs> You're high level. Sucker that had to write it. <laughs> <laughs> but you did a lot of things. You got, you got a lot of money for, this, for bikes and, and public transit. Yeah, yeah, we did. And and, cool. and and I got to work for you a little bit as an intern. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. You're the tallest intern I've ever had. <laughs> you looked up to me, right? <laughs> I did in many, many ways. It was kind of funny when we went to lunch in the in the Burbank Mall or whatever that was, the Golden yeah, Mall. Yeah, that's that's because we looked like the number ten standing next to each other. <laughs> Me being short and round and you being tall and skinny. <laughs> well, okay. Anyways, enough of that. <laughs> enough of that. Let's let's get to Mike. We're going to talk about that little stretch uh, of the, uh, what should be the Chandler bike path, but it's, it's like a 500-foot piece of rail infrastructure that's still there that's keeping the bike path from connecting to a tributary of the L.A. River. Did I get that right, Mike? That's right. You know, uh, that section of bike or of uh, railroad has been there looking ugly and dirty all this time. You know, the Chandler bike path has been in, in existence now over 15 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, it ends at Mariposa Street with within eyesight of Victory Boulevard and the cross and across the way on to the Burbank Metrolink station. And now Burbank is finally moving ahead with it. So we'll, once that happens, we'll connect the Metrolink to the Chandler bike path. That's correct. And oh, that's awesome. they're working on, they're currently in construction on another piece of bike path that leaves from the Metrolink station heading the other direction towards Glendale. So eventually the Chandler bike path will connect all the way through Burbank which is important not only for the city, but for the region. That, yeah, that's, that's a, a fantastic link. So, Corey, didn't you work on that? You got the grant for that or something? Or? Yeah, the, the, the first grant application I ever wrote was for the South Channel Bikeway, which is that 
bikeway that's under construction right now. I submitted that grant application in, in January of 2009. So we are 11 years out since that grant application was submitted, and it's finally under construction, which is great. I mean, it like I got to give a lot of credit to the to the city staff that worked there that really just kind of kept that project alive and kept it moving forward, even when there was some really tough opposition and, um, and, you know, a lot of the community support, like the, um, the founders of that started the walk bike Burbank chapter, um, Mary and Patrick, uh, rest in peace, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, they were like, they really, at, right as I was leaving the city, they really kind of stepped up and said, "You know what? We need to, we need to get out there and really show support for these kinds of projects." So I, I was super stoked when they did that. Uh, but yeah, that project's finally under construction, and I actually wrote a grant application for extending that Chandler bike path to connect it from Mariposa to the Burbank Metrolink station to kind of close that gap. Um, it sounds like it's finally moving forward, which is great. That is fantastic because that is going to connect to the L.A. River bike path at some point. That's right. You know, once Glendale figures out how they're designing their portion of this path, it will connect right. to the L.A. River bike path. Because I remember there was that little chunk, that little quarter-mile chunk that happened uh over by uh, what victory and I forget the little side street it's, right there. It's phase one of the channel bikeway, and it yeah. starts starts at Alameda and runs kind of at a diagonal through the blocks and comes out on Glendale near or, or excuse me on Victory near the Glendale border. Yep. Yeah, we walked on that path or something, Corey, when we were there. Right? We did. Yeah. Yeah, they that was constructed while while I was working there, and I think when when you were interning there, yeah, they opened that. And so we got to go out and check that out. Yeah, a little Burbank City vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be amazing. And and I guess uh, do you, is Los Angeles involved in some way, coordinating something or no? Because I I think that 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 little leg sort of goes through Burbank, Glendale, and Los Angeles, right or no? It's all Burbank, Glendale, in, in that area. Okay. So, the, it, it, and then there's a forthcoming bridge that Laura Friedman was talking about when she was here. That's gonna connect Flower to the LA River bike path, and that connects to what you guys are. Exactly. Working. That'd be an yeah. easy connection. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. That that it's a kind of a jurisdictional nightmare that little area because you have. The Caltrans right away where the freeway is, you have the the county flood control right away, which is the channel and the river, and then you have the city of Glendale's border runs through, or city limits runs through there. The Burbank city limits are right there, and the L.A. river and the L.A. city limits are just on the other side of the river, on the on the, right. the Griffith Park side. So that's where all of these kind of cities the three cities over like kind of meet and where you also have the Caltrans and the, and the County with, with a little, a little piece of pie. Oh, and, and the, the, the rail corridor, which runs just like just to the, the East of there, which is a separate jurisdiction. And 
has separate issues and stuff. So, mm. so Metrolink and the uh, uh, Southern California Railroad Authority, they're all going through there. So in all those jurisdictional problems, though, the two real challenges for getting bike paths in is is the Union Pacific Railroad's reluctance to give up right away. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because that was the ideal for continuing the Chandler bike path, and the city has been waiting and hoping that they would, they would, that Union Pacific would yield, and they're not. So that's one. The other challenge in getting these these things done that fill in this blank is the Army Corps of Engineers, because anytime you build alongside one of these storm drains, the Army Corps has to do its own plan check. Now, under our current administration. That takes about twice as long as it did previously. So plan check with the Army Corps of Engineers really slows the project down. Further, they changed the what they would accept as far as design standards between phase one and phase two. So all the while, city has been working on designs like their first half of the channel bike path. And when it comes back from the Army Corps of Engineer plan check, they say, no, you can't do this, you can't do that, work around, and the budget to do that section went up significantly. And when you say the current administration, are we talking about? Washington. Washington, okay. Now they, you know, the current administration, we don't have to name names, don't want to mention names, don't even want to think about it, but... They, why is that? Why are they causing that to be a delay? Are they, is it some kind of policy that they've come out with against bikes or is it just they're incompetent or what's going on? Well, I think it's all stems from the the desire to shrink the government. Mm -hmm. And so as you have attrition of employees, there's not the rehire of, to fill those available slots. I see. So it's like a staffing kind of thing. Huh. Well, okay. But this sounds really promising, so this is good news. Well, the the other thing I wanted to ask was about uh, the railroad. What's their reluctance to give up that piece? The the railroad owns a a portion of the, like, from Mariposa Street to about 500 feet west of Victory Boulevard, the city owns that right away, and the and Union Pacific has relinquished control of that. So the city, in theory, could go all the way up to that point with a bike path, but then once they get to that point, they got to do something with the with the with the, the railroad. The railroad is a is a private organization that that has a lot of the benefits of of public of being a public agency without the without the drawbacks like they 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 get to be a private company that has benefits of you know of a of a of it their, their utility so they own the land but you can't go in and like eminent domain that land wow really um, so the city can't come in and say we want to close down this this leg they have to get union pacific to say okay and union pacific is not in the business of of relinquishing their 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 property for any reason they want, to, they want to keep using it for whatever it is that they're using it for. And what they're using that why for is to turn trains around. Right. So that there's a, there's a why. The old, the old Chandler stub and then, and then the main line that runs, that runs north and south-ish that Metrolink currently operates on, 
Union Pacific uses that little Y to turn trains around and to deliver, at least they did when I worked there, they were still doing deliveries at Borman's, at, uh, uh, I think it's Borman Steel. No. It's a lumber company. Uh, stock, stock Lumber. Stock Lumber is right there. And Stock Lumber still receives deliveries, at least they did. And then at one point, while, while I was, just before I left, Union Pacific actually leased out a portion of the, of the, of the of track to some private person that owned a rail car that they wanted to store there. Hmm. It was like an old historic rail car, and they, they, they leased it to him and he, so he could store his rail car there. So That sounds like a bad I, idea, actually, when it comes to storing a rail car right there. That sounds like a target for graffiti or something. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and it, I think it already was, like, it already had graffiti on it on top of that, like, uh-huh. when, the, when the car finally, finally arrived. But when I was working there, the city hired uh, a company called J.L. Patterson that specializes in working with the railroad, with the Union Pacific, and had them do a conceptual design that would allow for the, for the railroad company to still be able to turn their trains around and par- for this guy to be able to park his train, but where they wouldn't need to use the full Y, they, they, they came up with another conceptual. And that was right around when I left the city. We had this, this drawing. We were trying to get Union Pacific to buy off on it. It seemed like a, like, a, like a feasible solution for the problem. Everybody gets to keep their operations going, and the city gets to continue its bike path through there. But, you know, it's, it sounds like Union Pacific never budged on that on that project they also expect the city in order to be able to even look at at a plan and consider it the city has to pay them to be able to look at it these are rules from like went back when the robber barons were in charge of the (laughs) railroads exactly i mean it's you know it's that's a key piece of infrastructure rail infrastructure the guy's storing his train car there that's why that's part of the reason yeah, guys has a trip. It was, but, it was at least you know five years ago when I when I was still working at the city that was that was going on. It was a it was a fascinating puzzle to to look at from a from a planning perspective to try and figure out how can we make this work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ultimately in, in 2013 we submitted an applic- a grant application um, to Metro, and it was awarded. But I'm not sure if those funds were ever delivered because some of the funding mechanisms changed around that same time. So I don't know what happened with that, with that project and whether or not the city got new grant funds for it or, or what. Um, there was another project that was supposed to go through there as well. The San Fernando bikeway. Is that still moving forward, Mark? Do you know that? So it is not, it hasn't been moving forward and it's been delayed by the, by Caltrans and the work on the five freeway. Uh, uh-huh. Because of the delays in construction on the freeway, that has slowed down uh, progress on on the bikeway that goes alongside of it. Now, uh, according to city staff this week, they're saying that that it is going back into the design phase because they feel like they can make progress now that the that the freeway is far this far along. Oh, that's good. And so, and so part of that San Fernando bikeway that you're mentioning, it's like the stretch that gets you from where the Chandler bikeway crosses that, that storm drain channel and connects you that last little bit 
to the Metrolink station. Right, right. And it, and it, it, it connects northward all the way up to into the city of L.A. and into Silmar, San Fernando. Right. That, that bikeway runs along that, that whole stretch. So this little section right here essentially closes the gap for like three regional bikeways in the San Fernando Valley the San Fernando Bikeway, the Chandler Bikeway, and the LA River Bikeway. This, all of these little these little connections are very small little gaps. Would connect this huge network of regional bikeways all within this little within this little area and close that final gap. So it's it's worthwhile to to push forward and try and make all of these projects happen because it would connect. It would provide so much so much access to to everybody. So. Yeah, because that's gonna. I mean, eventually, that's gonna get us to Long Beach, too. Right. Yeah, you could you could get you could get from 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 uh, you know deep in the San Fernando Valley uh, like a like a Wilbur, and 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 all the way to Long Beach via Class One separated bike path the whole way. That's fantastic. It's, cool. it's, wow. How much? How long is that? It's gotta be like fifty miles. It's gotta be like I I did the bike ride from I ro- I rode from Sun Valley to Long Beach once and it was like fifty miles, and I did it on a beach cruiser. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, or awesome, one of the two. It was a good ride. Oh, oh it's a fine line. Fine line, yeah. <laughs> There's a fine line there for sure, for sure, for sure. So. Okay, let's just reconfirm. That piece is going to become bike path, or am I tripping? Yes, yes, it is going to become bike path. Okay. It, it will take four and a half years per staff's estimate, mm-hmm. but it will become bike path. I think one of the interesting things that uh, in the current design and alignment of it is that where the city extends Chandler along where it you know where it ends now at Mariposa and they extend towards Victory at some point they run into the Union Pacific's right of way that they're not letting go and they're going to put in a crosswalk and cross over to the other side of Chandler and create a class 4 bikeway on the other side what's going to happen the city is going to landscape the Chandler bikeway just like they have all the the rest of it with grass and trees and shrubs and whatever and then all of a sudden you're going to be mid-block and come to the end of it and you're going to see railway right-of-way like we're used to seeing out there with junk bushes and trash and a rail bed. And they're going to be right up next to each other. I think the, the difference is going to be striking. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. Uh, this is, wait, this is the plan? <laughs> <laughs> This is the city's current alignment plan because so, because they have to leave the railway, then they're going to do it in this very sudden way, cross over the street, mm-hmm. and put in a class four bikeway on the other side of of Chandler the street to get up to Victory, and that's over where Toys R Us used to be. Correct. They're gonna. What are they gonna do right there? Aldi. Oh now it's an Aldi. It's coming. Okay. Well. I guess that's what we got to do. That's that's why all these bike facilities everywhere have just like head scratcher little pieces to it. Like over on uh, Exposition, 
and La Cienega, there's like a head scratcher thing going on over there too. Mm. And it's because of these wild little, I don't know what you call them. What jurisdictions. Do you call them? Yeah, jurisdictions and and so forth. Corey, you probably have some kind of nickname for these kind of situations. It's just a gap. Cluster somethings. It's a, a mess. <laughs> Cluster fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh it's just uh it's just yeah, it's it's messy. It, and none of these projects are are easy nor are they cheap. Mm-hmm. Um so and you know the city goes after has to go after grant funds to try and make them happen. They do the best that they can with the grant applications to write a grant application and 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 try and get funds for them and it and it just is it's uh you know you're kind of you're making your best guess when you're writing those grant applications and coming up with a budget for them and then inevitably it never you know <laughs> you end up being short and then the city has to scramble to find other funds to be able to supplement the project in order to get the project through mm. well uh, Corey, i was i was looking at the burbank bicycle master plan not too long ago and yeah. that's from 2009. It's the, a fine the, document, a fine document. <laughs> it is well regarded in the city of Burbank. But but in there, it says that this extension that we're talking about will cost about a million dollars. So, yeah, that's that's uh, exactly right. It's uh, I think this part of it is coming in closer, is somewhere over $3 million. But that right. thing, there's inflation. Well, there's there's well, inflation. There's obvious. I call, no, I'm I, just kidding. I call inflation. it planner math. <clears throat> Planners <throat> who are not engineers, they like to scale. You know, they're like, oh, it's about a million. It's a million a mile to do a bike path. Once upon a time, that was the case. The problem is that the the, the sections that are left are like the most complicated sections, where you have to do all kinds of grade changes. You have to do put in retaining walls, and all this other stuff. I think the when I left the city, the South Channel Bikeway budget was four million dollars. We had gotten four million dollars worth of grant funds to do that project—a three million dollar grant from Metro and another one million dollar grant for just landscaping from the from the Prop eighty four Urban Greening Program. I don't know where it's at now, but that's where it was when I left five years ago, six years ago, something like that. Yeah, I, I I know that it's that it's gone up in phase two because of the changes that yeah. uh, that the Army Corps of Engineers put in, uh, and I Burbank did a and staff did a great job to come up with the additional funding. Good. Now, is that partly uh, is that Dave Krisky? Did he have something to do with that? I love how. <laughs> We're getting all the the car sounds from Corey. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's what happens when you when you make me call in while I'm driving. Well, it sounds like you're getting out of your car now. I was. I'm. I'm moving my car. Oh. I did a terrible parking job. Um, is Dave Krisky involved in 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 uh, this project as well? I've, Dave Krisky is the uh, what was his title? Senior planner or? Senior? He was. 
but now he's been promoted to he's I, I believe he's like assistant director, community development director. Wow. Okay. But he is but he is still in in last I heard he's still in charge of transportation, and uh, every time I see something new being being built in in Burbank, I I send him a text message saying congratulations. <laughs> he, he finally he finally put in the bike crawl in front of Tony's darts away. That was a big success. <laughs> um, seriously, that that bike crawl sat at the sat on the public works yard for like five years before it finally got put in. And and how um, long has it been at Tony's now? Uh, couple probably years. been at Tony's for a couple years now. And and they still have another one in the public yard waiting to be placed. Two more. Yeah. Two more. We bought. I bought. I bought three of those big ugly green bike crawls. So they match the cover of the of the bike plan. That's why we made them green. <laughs> um, and uh, I bought three of them, and they sat and they've been sitting at the yard for for all this time. Um, but there they are, and uh, he managed to get one of them installed, which was great. So if anybody he, uh, wants one, the bike lanes on San Fernando on on San Fernando uh, Boulevard um, that connect to the Empire Empire Center now. Um, that was all David Krisky made that happen. Um, the the when they when they extended First Street to connect to the new IKEA, and they were building a brand new street, and they they named it IKEA Way. He made sure the bike lanes and nice wide sidewalks were on that street. How did we get to um, David Krisky? Oh, I'm sorry. I should introduce who he was or who he is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I was at Burbank under Corey. Interning for Corey, there's, a, there's David Krisky is kind of the the man, you know, the uh, boss, the boss, and uh, El Jefe. He is he's like a he's like a born and raised Burbank resident, right? Like he was he used to yeah. tell me about yeah. uh, that he he and his friends would ride bikes, I think on San Fernando and some other route, and he would take pride in telling the story that he has now laid in bike lanes in their like childhood or teenage uh, route that they used to ride as, as teenagers. And uh, it's just, it was just so cool that the boss was a bike advocate, you know, and a bike rider. And so it's good to know that, that people like that exist in, in the, in the city, you know, and have power. And he sounds like he's getting more responsibility. So it's good, good news that that guys like him are there. He was, he was the one that, that told me when I started there, you need to write a bike plan. I had never done bike planning before. I was just a, a regular planner and he's the one that got me started in it. And now here I am 12 years later and that's all that I do. Yeah, you're in Santa Ana, right, Corey? I was in San- I was in Santa Ana for five years. I'm actually at SCAG now. Oh, really? Yeah, Southern, Southern California Association of Governments. Okay. Yep. And that's why you're back in downtown, or? That's why I'm back in downtown. Yeah, I moved. I moved up here when I started at SCAG in October of last year. Okay. Just after the the the, the cow bike conference was in downtown LA in in uh. In October, the week after that, I started at Skag. Skag needs some people for sure. Right? They got a, we have a 
a pretty good staff, actually, all in the active transportation. We do all the Go Human stuff. There's an amazing group of folks that, that work on that. Well, somebody came and, uh, talked about Go Human. Dana. You know Dana Variano? Mm, I don't. Oh. Well, she worked on the Go Human. Maybe there's a lot of people working on it. She was with LACBC, and then she, and then now she's doing that. Hmm. Probably with some company that is hired to do that. So maybe, yeah, to work on the Go Human stuff. Yeah, they uh, they've got all kinds of cool stuff that they're doing. The they developed this kit of parts that you can go out, you can borrow from Skag, and and go out and demonstrate bike lanes and parklets and bulb outs and all kinds of stuff. It's pretty cool. So yeah. what what are you working on moving forward at Skag? Like I'm I'm working on the active the active transportation grant program. Mm -hmm. All the policy stuff around that. So the the state of California has a has the active transportation grant program and a portion of it comes to Skag and then gets distributed out to the six counties. Um, so I'm working on all that. I'm giving money away instead of taking money now, basically. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, good stuff. And, and hopefully we can give, Bur give Burbank some money. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, don't forget your old friends in Burbank. <laughs> no, no. They, although they got to they gotta write some real sexy grant applications to be able to get this. <laughs> to get at this money. Well, tell him what to put down. He'll yeah, put yeah. it down. He'll just let's, tell him. Let's get a little secret cabal going here. Like David Christie, call me. <laughs> so, so didn't so All not right, Dave. Guys. Okay, good night. I'm gonna head out. <laughs> All right, it's good My talking sonny, to you, Corey. Don't work too hard. <laughs> All right, Later. I try not to. Okay, take care. This is this is where we're working right now. Oh, somebody said, a listener, uh, Kevin Burton, said to um, not have that Google sound because then <laughs> listeners think that they're, Their they're being, Google is they, have a, they have a call. Um, it's sort of like when you have a car horn on the radio and you're, <laughs> and driving. you're driving. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good to talk to Corey. Good to get the inside dirt and... and uh, very wonky, very complicated situation, but it sounds like good news is is happening. I guess, right? I mean, it's it's, it's be definitely good news. You know, yeah. it, it, Walk Bike Burbank's been around for going on six years, mm -hmm. and we're just starting to understand the pace of how things go in the city <laughs> of Burbank. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it means that if we see a need, we have to, we need to be vocal and speak up and make sure that they're paying attention mm. because there's a lot of things that vie for their mm. attention and that you know our job is to make sure that people in Burbank know what's going on and tell their elected representatives what it is that they need or want in the way of bicycle infrastructure yeah and that's true for pretty much every city and people sort of that's that's the big disconnect that we don't realize we'll hear about a project in the 11th hour and um yeah. people raise their pitchforks expecting something that's been going for 10 15 years to change dramatically in the last hour so you're yeah there's a lot of are you experiencing that like the people like uh cabals of of 
anti-bike or safe streets infrastructure showing up to oppose you at the last minute when you you know um there hasn't been of late um one section of the of the channel bikeway that that's in construction now had some vocal neighbors that spoke up against it and at the time there was no organized support for bikeways in Burbank mm. and as a result the city council backs away nervously right. and sends it back to staff to maybe see if they can massage the plan a little bit make these neighbors a little happier but in the end once Walk Bike Burbank starts demonstrating that, no, wait, there are a lot of people who are interested in this, not only bicyclists, but people who live in the neighborhood that uh, want to be able to get out and walk in their own neighborhood safely and not and have a, a place that's better to do that in. So there hasn't been a lot of pushback of late, but and not in an organized sort of way. I mean, there's always the bike haters mm -hmm. out there who generally are just throwing comments up on social media when they see a news article and and that's the extent of their knowledge and interest and beyond that they're really not creating too much of a problem okay so maybe we should just ignore them no but this is very educational to actually understand you know people People will look at LACBC or some of these, some of the organizations and chapters, and they'll say like, "Man, these guys aren't doing anything," mm -hmm. but you guys are. It's just such a slow-moving process, mm -hmm. years of process that um, that you're engaged in. Yeah, you know, so it's it's difficult to tell some to tell our followers on Facebook, for instance. Yeah, we're getting three more blocks of bikeway. It's going to take four and a half years. <laughs> yeah. To the average mind, that just doesn't add up. Yeah, because in China, they could make uh, like two cities in that amount of time. <laughs> they literally drop in 120-mile subway systems in four years in China. But uh, I, I actually don't understand how, <laughs> why. Well, they. I think it's it, because they have an, basically more of an authoritarian government no, that I mean, just why decides we, to do that. I mean, what, what is it that takes – because I'm looking at – I live near the bridge that's going – the pedestrian bike bridge that's going up over the river in Cypress Park. Mm -hmm. And the I go during the day and nothing's happening. And you, you're talking about that one that looks like a uh, like a sailboat? No, it doesn't look like anything yet. Nothing's happening. Oh. I, oh, that's, that's further down by yeah. uh, Figueroa. Farther downstream. Yeah, yeah, okay. So <laughs> – yeah, the I one, mean, the one, the one that looks like a like a sailboat. I, mast. I think of it as a, as a like a ballerina's leg. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that one was privately funded. That was a uh, donor mm. that uh, gave that to the city, and the city's going to take that over. So really? I guess I guess that's why that happened faster. I don't know, but mm. uh, interesting. I'm very interested in the Flower Bridge, and. Um, that Cypress Park one, I don't know that much about it. I got to check into that. Well, the artist picture looked cool. It's orange. Uh huh. Going to be orange. And then now we have the. Uh, there's also the uh, bridge that's by the Hyperion complex. Right. That went the, in the old red car. Yeah. Line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who was Who was I just talking to about that? The way that it's going to end up. Well, that's not the one Laura was talking about. Uh, that. No, that's the one at Flower, but there's one 
at Hyperion and the LA River that's going to connect to Atwater or it is connecting Atwater. It's open now. I thought that's the one yeah, that looks open. like a ballerina's leg. No, that's over by um, Brunswick. It's upstream yeah. from from the Hyperion Bridge. Yeah. It's amazing. There's several it's bridges amazing. going in. This is great. This is great news. We still don't have a connection to Silver Lake, Los Feliz, and Echo Park, but I feel right. like it feels good. I mean, there's a lot of things happening, so eventually we're going to get something, hopefully, that goes connects the quarter million people who live you know, over in Hollywood. What do you envision? I mean, you know, Rowena to Glendale and down to the LA River. That seems like that could be a route at this point because they, I mean, they, they made promises about Hyperion having bike lanes. I just don't know how they're going to do it, but allegedly that's going to happen because of our lawsuit. But uh, I still am curious because they never really outlined what exactly that's going to look like. Your lawsuit when you were still working on the Hyperion thing. The Hyperion Bridge? Yeah, the settlement, or not the settlement, but we basically forced their hand into promising that there would be some kind of bike infrastructure on the Hyperion Bridge. And uh, they they said that was going to happen. They voted on it, but we never saw the exact plan of what that's going to be. Mitchell Farrell was promising protected bike lanes, but if you look at the technicalities of that complex, there's not enough with uh to do protected bike lanes so it was always seemed like a bs uh you know just steamrolling of us and telling us we're going to get it but never exactly promising what we're getting so, so we'll speaking see. of a politician we just had a uh, super tuesday and uh I, I thought maybe we could touch on it i mean we'll get back to walk bike burbank but i just thought maybe we could talk about because Rowena has been, um, uh, you know, they, you know, Rowena. Sure, Mike, I'm familiar. Yeah, that that's they put a road diet and there was all this opposition and all this fighting and can you tell me about uh, the the city council member who? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, originally, Tom Labonge authorized or yeah authorized Rowena to become a road diet, which is like shocking that Tom LaBonge would do that because he doesn't like that kind of stuff. But he did it because there was a pedestrian death of someone trying to cross the street right there. And it's Mm -hmm. really tough to cross four lanes of, you know, speeding traffic and they don't have enough infrastructure. So they put in a road diet so you can cross a single lane of traffic in each direction and have a center turn lane as refuge. So that was a good move. Mm -hmm. But of course the neighborhood, uh, some of the neighborhood rose up in opposition, and we've had Terrence Houston on. Uh, How do you say? It? I think it's Houston. Really? It might be Houston. <laughs> I always look Terrence. at it. Terrence. He's awesome. He's the guy that that uh, has taken up the mantle of defending the Rowena Road Diet, and that involves David Rue. Wrapping back to Super Tuesday, David Rue did not win outright his reelection so now he's going to a runoff with Nithya who we had on here who everybody likes a lot of people like Nithya she came within eight points <coughs> of of uh David Rue which is amazing because usually the incumbent 
just wins in a landslide. And Nithya and Sarah Kate Levy um, challenged David Rue. Both of whom were on the show. Was Sarah Kate Levy on the show? Yes. Oh, okay. I wasn't there for that. Um, they they challenged David Rue, and Nithya got like something like 38%. Rue got 46%. So we're going to a runoff, and then Sarah Kate Levy brought in 14%. So Rue is vulnerable and um you know we've been talking in Can the you just groups remind me? yeah sorry we've been talking in the groups that this needs to be an all hands on deck mm-hmm. because rue has not done rue has you know he's he's leaving the ruina bike lanes but we've got other bike lanes and road dives to work on including sixth street over by lacma which rue shot down that plan so he hasn't been bike friendly and he also kind of abandoned us on the Hyperion bridge. You know, when he got into office, he could have, he made promises to us during his election that we were going to get some backing for the Hyperion bridge plan. And when he got into office, he basically did nothing. So he's vulnerable. And, uh, I would love to see Nithya actually take him out because I think she's going to be a better bike policy person, transportation policy person. Yeah, until she's mainly into buses. But she said we need a network of protected bike lanes. Yeah, I mean, buses are great, too. Buses are great local transportation. So no, but she, get, she gets it. You she gets say. it, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Ground Game and all those folks get it. And Ground Game, the political action committee that uh, is backing Nithya, um, with volunteers. They're not like a super pack with money. They're a people pack with lots of volunteers, and they've been canvassing relentlessly. And I've seen them work for R- Lorraine Lundquist as well. Huh. So they're really effective. So this is promising. I want to, you know, I was talking to some transportation folks last night in the uh, Facebook group, and it's like, hey, we need to start supplying volunteers to that group and Nithya and, and really bolster their cause. Uh-huh. So you mentioned Lorraine. Should we, can we give a shout out to Lorraine or yeah, Lorraine gave it a, gave it a good second attempt. You know, there was a special election in August that, uh, uh, happened because originally Mitch Englander, the, council member for council district 12 stepped down a year early that triggered a election in may which was a primary we had about 12 candidates lorraine won that primary um however uh you know john lee the chief of staff of mitch englander came in second and there was a couple other uh couple other folks running that were basically on his same platform that then threw their support behind John Lee. Lorraine lost by a thousand votes, which is not a whole lot in August. And uh, she gave it a second run because this election lined up with Super Tuesday and we were hoping to get more Democrats out to vote for her. But uh, I would have thought I would have thought. Yeah, you 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 know, it's it they had to have been more Democrats, right? Because of Super Tuesday. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know about in CD12 how, how the Democrat turnout was, but, um, 
you know, there was like about three, four, five hundred thousand dollars worth of super PAC money coming from the DWP union and fossil fuel groups that were put into John Lee's campaign. They managed to put out so many flyers. I mean, I got tons of flyers. They were evil. They were outright. Outright evil. I mean, that's. Yeah. It's just how it goes. Made up stuff. They showed a family sitting in the position of being in a car, but without a car, saying Lorraine's going to take your car. (laughs) Yeah. It was all kinds of stuff. I mean, they were really getting nasty. And, uh, you know, part of the thing is, is it's a nonpartisan race. And John Lee left the Republican Party, became no party preference. There's a big no party preference contingent in that district. I'm one of them. So I got a bunch of the flyers from both sides. And uh, as what? What's your no party preference? If you're oh, no oh, party right. preference yeah, yeah. when you're canvassing, you can, you know, you, you see Democrats, Republicans, no party preference, and you choose to canvass people based on their political affiliation. We went after Democrats and no party preference. They went after Republicans and no party preference because, you know, with no party preference, you either lean Democrat or you lean Republican. And since John. Why was I getting this mail then? For. I was getting the anti-Lorraine mail. At your place? I think so. I have it. Or I had it. No, I don't think yeah, you were getting it. In it in my hands. I was looking at it. I, don't know I, I probably handed it. it to you. Okay. <laughs> but because uh, you're not anywhere close to the district. Yeah, I, mean, I don't unless, know. I don't know. But uh, unless it was a computer glitch. But anyways, like I was saying, there's a big no party preference contingent out there. It's probably about a third, a third, and a third. I think there's more Democrats than Republicans, but... There's also a ton of independents that lean Republican. And John Lee, I uh, got to hand it to him. I mean, they they did it. You know, they, they used the BRT as a wedge issue. Um, but bus rapid transit. Bus rapid transit on Nordoff. Um, they whipped a lot of people out there. I was canvassing over in that area, and I'd talk to people, and that was the the deal breaker. I would talk to Democrats who were – you know, active voters, and they were like, you know, I like Lorraine, but I don't want uh, bus lanes on Nordoff. You know, they're afraid that that would lead to traffic, it would lead to development, and, um, you know, you can't blame them. They, they buy, the, you know, you buy a house, you don't want your neighborhood to change in ways that you didn't plan for, yeah. and that's what they got everybody scared about, so... So they that's that's how it went down. Lorraine, I think the count isn't done yet, right? But she was down by about two thousand votes. Yeah. So it doesn't look like she's gonna she's gonna win. Right. It's like if you're really strongly identified with bikes, you apparently cannot win an election. In Is Council that, District Twelve. And and to the city council. It's happened several times and it's just uh yeah. Cursed. You know, it's back to that hierarchy that I always talk about, the, like, totem pole of power, where it's, like, at the top, you've got homeowners, businesses, you know, somewhere down there, there's renters, then you get to, like, homeless people, gang members, and then bike riders are, like, way at the bottom. (laughs) Eric Garcetti once gave an interview to Bike Talk and said that 
bike riders are right up there with homeowners at the top. Well, we're the loudest. I mean, it must have been during our heyday. Yeah. It was maybe. while he was still a council member. He was BSing you. Well, <laughs> for some reason he was courting bike talk. So, I mean, why? Was that before he got elected? Uh, for mayor, yeah, yeah. Before he got elected mayor. I mean, David Rue has come up to me looking for a bike the vote uh, endorsement. I mean, maybe not realizing that I'm not with bike so the vote, but <laughs> it he's just like, oh, there's a bike guy. Yeah. Um, how do I get in with the bike people? It's like, yeah, you got to do some things. <laughs> we we pay attention. <laughs> and so. Kevin DeLeon, right, uh, is, has been identifying as a as like a bike advocate kind of person. Well, he, he took over for Weezar's seat, and Weezar was very uh, supportive of, of bike advocates. I mean, the bike but lobby. He, the bike lobby is powerful. Okay, we are powerful. Not we just all powerful. powerful. All powerful. All powerful. Yeah, we are all powerful in this city in some ways because we're loud, and we're unpredictable, and we will find some dirt and expose it. <laughs> so the lobby is all powerful. Yeah. But we can't get somebody elected for some reason. Um. Well, we're part yeah. of. I guess the, the we're part of it. We're working on it. We'll get somebody elected finally. No, we got Mike Bonin. Yeah, that, yeah. Mike Bonin yeah, is a strong advocate. Huizar is a strong advocate. Mm, well, Huizar is not going to be there now. Yeah, Huizar's stepping down, so we got to get into Kevin DeLeon's head. Head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Mike. <laughs> Apolitical a, a as, a, as a chair of Walk Bike Burbank? Well, in our position as a nonprofit, we're not in a place to endorse a specific candidate. However, in Burbank, we like to hand out a series of questions related to bicycling in the city to candidates and ask for their reply and share that information with uh, everybody in Walk Bike Burbank so that we have a better understanding of where these people stand or where they say they stand Mm -hmm. and make a, a decision based on that information. So uh, it's it's interesting to to listen to the election results in city of Los Angeles and know where we are in our little town of Burbank and how things are different mm-hmm. and uh it makes me appreciate where I live but know that we also face the small town challenges that uh not having the resources to do bigger things or think bigger bigger th- ideas, so it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, certainly not apolitical, but as an organization, we don't want to put the L.A. County Bicycle Coalition in, in any hot water either. Mm. So you could be political. Well, we no. could. We can't endorse. No. We can't endorse a specific candidate. Now, if you're talking about a, pol- a certain. Uh, issue on a ballot, you know, that's a different subject is, mm-hmm. is my understanding. But to say we're going to support this person for city council, we don't do that. We don't, we don't come right out and, and make an endorsement of candidates. So the city council in Burbank is five members, right? That's correct. And you guys have like a rotating mayor kind of thing? That's or? right. Being that we're a, you know, this is a city management type of government, the the mayor rotates out in and out uh, on an annual basis. So oh, right really? now, our mayor is a member of Walk Bike Burbank. Oh wow! Okay, that's cool. So you What's know, the like mayor's Col- name? It's like Culver City over there. Yeah, Culver City. What's the mayor's name? Sharon Springer. 
Sharon Springer, okay. And uh, she's been car-free now, I think, for the last two years. Wow. Okay. I wonder if Sharon knows Megan. Megan Sally Wells, the mayor of Culver City. We've had her on the show. Yeah. We need to get some more mayors on. Do you, can we get Sharon on? Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, I think Sharon would be happy to talk with you. You love her. She's oh, great. Wow. Oh, yes. See? we're Bike Talk is a powerful little yeah. podcast. Uh, not just powerful. All powerful. All yeah. powerful. Yeah. Sort of. Except when it comes to getting things done that we want to have. Except for getting live on air on KPFK. But we're going to get there. It's inevitable. I met somebody in the lobby today at KPFK. Was it the receptionist? Yeah, and it was like on good terms. We're already awesome. working our way into the politics foot of KPFK. In the, foot in the door. Yeah. <laughs> so Walk Bike Burbank is how many members now? You know, official count is probably right around 100. Okay. Uh, as far, that's on the, the dues-paying yeah. member type of basis. You know, That's good. That's good our, for Burbank. But our... You know, on social media, we have a lot more eyeballs than that who sure. are paying attention to to what we're doing. So, you know, we're doing more than just advocacy and talking to city city council. So, you know, typically when we have a group ride, it's ranging anywhere from 30 to 50 people. Okay. When do the group rides happen? They happen sporadically. You know, we have a couple of regular things that happen on an annual basis. We have a spring ride coming up. Uh, but then our annual night ride in August is is set already, and then we do an after Thanksgiving ride, uh, and so those are the typical things. But then we'll sprout up rides wherever and whenever we have a, a need and somebody who's willing to take charge and and be responsible for planning that event. And these are all free, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And do you guys um, keep in touch with, like, the police? Like, you know, how, how do you guys work um, with the police department? I, I, I just say that because as a, you know, like Midnight Riders, I always sort of reached out to the police to sort mm-hmm. of to say, hey, we're not trying to be a bunch of, you know, we're not trying to create a collapse the government or something like we're just w- riding you have a for huge fun. ride like that because that is yeah. a pretty big ride and so you it d- is. develop and, a relationship and when, and when we first started out having group rides we had we would make contact on regularly to let the police know where we you know when it was where we were going to be mm-hmm. and and let them know uh i think it's I've seen that it's less critical. They're they're not so uh, surprised by us being out mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we also have good relations with the with the Burbank PD, uh, so that the last night ride we did uh, just a, a mo- less than a mile up the our route, uh, Burbank PD. And this is a night ride. Burbank PD was pulling over a car in kind of a felony stop type of procedure. And we have a right. Well, you know, the Burbank PD is just out patrolling and they come across somebody they need to pull over and stop. And it's right on our route. Well, one of our ride leaders uh, was on his, was listening in on his, on his radio to, to their calls. And we were able to stop the ride give the police time to do their their thing, uh-huh. maybe a delay of five to ten minutes. Mm. And then we were able to proceed without 
putting ourselves right in the middle of an intersection that was kind of messy at the at that time. Okay. So we, you know, we have a we have a good relationship mm-hmm. with Burbank PD. There are issues that we strongly disagree on. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. You know, so and and ways to we're that's still one of the things that we need to work on is developing better lines of communication so that the things that Burbank PD does are understood by writers and the PD understands what our perspective is. Is there a policy that you disagree with? Well, it's, let's see. One of the things that they do for community outreach is to, the Burbank PD has developed a uh, bike registration program. But it is so loose and and just not very robust or or productive and i think they look at it as part of their community outreach and but what in the end this this bike registration has n- has not shown any effective results they've got money that they're getting for community outreach they should be talking about how to lock your bike up properly, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. what to do, not how to keep your, which is about how to keep your bike from being stolen, mm-hmm. not what you should do in case your bike is stolen. Mm-hmm. You know, they, there are better ways, better things they need to do. One of the things that they've done in the past is to use grant money they get for traffic enforcement related to active transportation to pay for overtime for traffic officers to enforce the stop signs along the Chandler oh, bike path. Oh, God. So, you know, I've been there. Uh, I got pulled over one Saturday morning. I was heading out to the Metro Red Line uh, to hook up with Zach Rynu on a ride that he was leading. And I buzzed through a stop sign, jumped onto the Chandler bike path, and <laughs> another older rider who I was riding alongside said, oh, he saw you. Yeah. Here, here he comes. Oh, no. oh man! And so pull me over, and uh, you know he tells me all the importance of stopping at stop signs and what have you, and I nod and listen, and you know very polite. And he's saying, you know, because in the end, we all we have to protect us is our is our helmet. He says, mm-hmm. it, like we're in this together. And I'm thinking, <laughs> well, I'm not wearing a Kevlar vest. You know, so you've got a little more going for Is you. He's on a bike? He's on a motorcycle. Oh, okay. Then he lets me go with a warning, and I head on out to the red line station. But before I get out there, I notice down one of the side streets a woman on a road bike. And she's got her arms in the air, and she's talking to the officer in front of her. And there's a second car that's pulled up now because she's making enough of a fuss that in Burbank, that that requires backup. <laughs> so, you know, I just think, okay, you've got grant money, and you're using it to do more enforcement. One of the things I think Burbank and, and all of Los Angeles should think about is, you know, having traffic school for bicycle violations. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. You know, if you want to educate people on bicycles, Giving them a fine is not going to educate them. But if they can divert away from paying the, you know, the fine that was posted on the Chandler bike path, I think, is $250. Wow. And that goes up uh, yeah. 
150% or something, right? It's like a $500 at the so, end of the day. So you, you won't get any goodwill or increase in knowledge out of taking, peop- taking people's money. But if you can divert them into a traffic school, mm-hmm. there's a better chance that they're going to walk away a more informed and knowledgeable rider. Right. Well, these, these are ticket diversion programs, and they have them in some places, right? They do. And uh, it's something that we need to see in Los Angeles. I hear a lot of grumbling anti-bike people who say, well, bicyclists don't, don't know the rules. But it's a different culture here. There are a lot of people who didn't grow up riding bikes or didn't get that education from their parents because their parents didn't ride bikes. And they get on a bike and ride wherever, do whatever. They're gonna, they need some sort of education along the way. I think that uh, giving somebody a ticket is not educating them. It's so interesting to hear people complain about cyclists not following the rules. When an entire branch of our city government is dedicated to traffic violations from car drivers, like they mm-hmm. make what, like $150 million a year, I think, on, yeah. on traffic violations. So there must be something going on. They spend much more, I'm sure, on the judicial system just to process all those traffic violations. So and it's, 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 it's a culture of scoff law that's going on in Los Angeles. Like everybody speeds, everybody does something in their car as a s- scofflaw driver and it's like car drivers ride bikes and it's just our our whole culture is just sort of you know lawless in a way so it's like i don't know i don't i don't get angry about bike riders as much um for breaking the law as someone driving a two-ton vehicle that's exactly. gone through a driver's license program or you know you have to prove that you're competent to operate, um, you know, a two-ton vehicle. And this is a great program for getting at bike riders, I guess, that, you know, the ticket diversion program so you can train them as well. Well, so can you, you're advocating for that? It is one of the things we're advocating for. It hasn't gotten a lot of, it isn't, it's early Mm -hmm. in in our advocating it. I think I saw a news article about a diversion, you know, or a, traffic school program somewhere else and that's just got me thinking need to put this in front of council members eyeballs where do they have them i know uh, i think it was long beach that's doing it long right. beach sgv uh active sgv uh, are they also does that, that? Yeah. or yeah i did one now do you guys as walk by burbank do you, do you guys do the uh the, the traffic skills class no or we have metro we haven't had any Metro Best classes in Burbank. We've had a couple of rides that that have been, that have come through, but uh, there's yet to be a, a a Best class scheduled in the in the Burbank Glendale East San Fernando Valley area. Really, hmm. I used to do, I used to teach in Burbank. Uh, I think it was uh, maybe an LACBC Metro grant or something years ago with Stephen Box. Um, we did it in the planning building. Okay. One of the rooms there. Are you an LCI? And that went away. Yeah, no, I am not an LCI. Currently, I think Walk Bike Burbank has one member that's an LCI. League certified instructor. League certified instructor. I am one. Or, well, 
if I pay my dues, I'll be one again. Can can you can you can you do that? Like if you lapse, you you don't have to go through the training again. Oh, uh, hopefully not. I don't know. Maybe I should pay my dues. I'm one. Are I became you, oh, one. really. Yeah, failed twice. Finally, I you fa- took it again. You failed that. What class. did you fail? The the certification. Part, the part where you ride. The ride. The ride. Get yeah. out of here. There's too many things to. Well, the first time that <laughs> that was. I probably shouldn't even get into it. <laughs> Who were you uh, testing with, Ron Durgan? That was the third time when I passed. Yeah, I was gonna say. Wow, I guess I was lucky that I got him. Maybe I would have failed <laughs> too. It does re- depend. Who who were the who failed you? I don't know if I should put that on the air. Yeah, let's put it on the air. Let's do it. Give me the names. Well, Dan um, Gutierrez. The first time was Rio with uh, people for Mobility Justice. Oh, really? And um, <laughs> that was vague. It was like yeah. I wasn't confident enough or something. But the second time, I was with Kelly Morris of Bike Education, and she has her own company, Bike Education. And I can't blame her because I went right through a red light. You went. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Your bike time. No, wait. I didn't, I didn't go right through a red light. I made a right turn. On a red? On a red without stopping. Wow. Yeah, that is. I would have failed you, too. Mm-hmm. You're lucky you weren't in my class. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and the third time, I thought I should have failed because I was, I like, started because i was had to lead people and i was i hesitated and then like put them all at risk wow it was like little ducks in a row the people behind me and oh I, my god but i passed so <laughs> okay it's good i took the class i took the certification up in uh, santa barbara and uh i passed with flying colors except one part i was drawing chalk drawings in the street and that was dangerous, and I got maybe some points deducted for that. You were drawing in the middle of the street? Not in the middle of the street, but I was definitely, like, sort of in a dangerous spot when I was... You're supposed to draw with chalk, mm-hmm. like, what the next exercise is going to look like. And I was... Yeah. Standing, and they were on the sidewalk. The people were on... The students were on the sidewalk. But I was... I don't know. It's just... It, the chalk worked better on black <laughs> asphalt. So I was, like, standing... Yeah. And cars were whizzing by, and it didn't feel weird to me because I've just been around of course, yeah. traffic my whole life, so it didn't feel weird, but they mm-hmm. thought it was dangerous. So, we, we had a traffic circle. That was really fun. What, what is that? I mean, I know, I've heard of traffic circle. Is that a roundabout? Okay, you're fired. <laughs> is that a roundabout? Roundabout, yeah. Traffic circle, roundabout. We need more of those. Is there one in Burbank? No, and uh, from talking to David Kriske not too long ago, I get the feeling that there won't be one anytime soon. <laughs> Those always get everyone pissed off. Like, nobody knows how to deal with traffic circles here in the United States. People will stop. Yeah. And stop before they well, enter the circle. You're not supposed to stop. That's the whole point of a traffic circle. Well, on the one near me, on, on uh, Figueroa, there's... There's well, not there's stop a, signs. There's yield signs. Yeah, yield. Well, yeah. You're supposed to slow way down, which they don't do on that one because the statues got destroyed. They some, did? Yeah. A couple of times cars run into those things. Oh, wow. We just, yeah. Anyway. See, when bikes mess up, they don't destroy statues. That's true. They just destroy the rider sometimes. Mm-hmm. Victimless crime. Yeah. When cars screw up, if that people happens. die. Yeah. I have so many pictures of 
cars hitting inanimate objects like houses on my Twitter feed. People love to. But, but, and they and then they always say like, well, the the house should have been wearing high visibility. Uh, <laughs> paint. Should be wearing a helmet and a high vis vest. Right. <laughs> That's funny. I've never heard that. It's over and over. I I'll sit there on YouTube like watching. I don't know how it happens, but I always start watching russian car crash videos for some reason those things end up in my feed see that's the thing about our modern era is that you can get into such a niche yeah well first i'm watching like bulldozer and property maintenance videos and then they'll trickle in like these like russian highway car crash videos and you're just like oh my god that's a thing get sucked in and now i'm seeing ads on my facebook feed for bulldozer like appreciation uh, groups get out of because here because of because I I guess because I you know I because you talked about it with me because I pressed like on several of your posts <laughs> so I must like bulldozers there's a whole thing out there a whole culture out there of bulldozer enthusiasts did it's you weird. know that Mike <laughs> I'm not surprised that's okay. there's a fan for everything yeah that's the amazing thing about the internet well, that's like what I was talking about with we. You were Don are thinking that bike talk is maybe too narrow of a, uh, like uh, like you think we should widen it to be all, like active transportation, right? Well, I was just saying it. If we only talk about bicycles, that is a narrow group of people. Mm-hmm. However, bicycle riders are just an incredibly diverse group of people on the whole. And I just was saying we as bike talk could position it as like, uh, rather it's rather than us just talking about bicycles, it's bicycle riders and what we talk about. Yeah. Like simulating everything. There's so much Mm -hmm. that is related to, um, our issues, you know, housing, urban planning, Mm -hmm. um, Oil wars. Oil wars. It could, 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 you can take it all the way there if you want. Yeah. So yeah. Well, let's not talk about that though. What do you guys talk about in your rides, Mike? Uh, you know, uh, I ride with a group of people who are generally more casual riders, mm-hmm. and so as a result, and lately it seems like my place in leading a ride is the back of the pack. <laughs> so what I talk about is. Come on, you guys. We really need to pick up the pace a little bit. That's uh-huh. that's for me. Mm-hmm. But I hear everything at the back of the pa- uh, back of a ride, you know, because people are catching up. They're talking with people they haven't spoken with in a long time. I love that. It's, it's a very casual group of people. Meanwhile, the rest of the rest of the ride is waiting for us somewhere up ahead. Mm-hmm. So. Well, but you know what you got to do there is you got to tell the front to slow down. Oh, we have, you know, and and sometimes you know you get new new riders out on a ride, and you can tell them this is a casual ride, but they show still show up ready to roll, ready to roll, you know. And Spandex. Yeah, you know, we get all <laughs> kinds. I'm not going to judge you by what yeah. you wear. <laughs> of course, you know, I I generally dress for the destination and not the ride, mm-hmm. but uh, it's. You know, we'll, we'll take all types, but then as we go out on that ride, you've got people that are rabbits that are wanting to run over the leader for waiting mm-hmm. or slowing down. And then you've got others that are out for their Saturday casual catch-up-with-friends type of ride. 
So we try and work that out and and keep the group together as a whole. It doesn't work out too well all the time, but and, and then so talk among riders on our rides generally ro- revolves around. Well, for some, it's the newness of seeing where they can get on a bike because the only they're this is the first group ride for a lot of our riders. So they're amazed that they can get out to Sepulveda Basin so quickly. And they thought mm. this, that that ride from Burbank sounded just more than they could ever do. Right. And suddenly mm. you go, oh, this isn't that bad. Isn't that the most fantastic feeling when somebody... And so we're helping open people's eyes to the potential of what they can do on a bike. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and when we have great resources like the Chandler Bike Path, it makes it easy to get people out there. Now, we've had riders who've come out, and once we leave the channel or the bike path, they're ready to quit because they don't want to ride in the street. Yeah. And so that's, you know, there we try and uh, just be as open to what people are able or, or confident in doing as, as we can be. Uh, so, you know, talk is all over the place. A lot of, God, my butt hurts type of comments from, from people who haven't ridden in a long time. But then, you know, we have people that are making plans for where they're going to eat lunch together afterwards mm-hmm. or uh, when, they're gonna get to, when, we're, when are we going to get together for the next ride. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the challenges that, that we have is uh, we don't have – we could have more group rides uh, because there's the desire from the community for it. Mm-hmm. We need more people to lead rides. So is there a place we can go for the calendar to see where the when these rides happen? Yeah, sure. The, the best place for information is walkbikeburbank.org. Walkbikeburbank.org. Okay. And then you can also find us on, you know, various social media platforms. Uh, and both, you know, on our website, you'll find uh, the calendar of upcoming rides. It's also where we... Uh, you know, we use a, we have a waiver system per LACBC. We need to have waivers. Mm-hmm. We do that all electronically now. Okay. So we're not trying to collect paper documents the morning that we take off, and then mm-hmm. somebody having to keep a, a sheath of paper mm-hmm. on the ride. And per LACBC, you want to keep those those waivers for several years. Okay. So yeah. it's better saved electronically. It's it's a better use of of everybody's time. So we can go to walkbikeburbank.org. Walkbikeburbank.org and sign you can sign sign the waiver right there and then you just need to check in, you're good to go on any of our rides. Do the rides always originate in Burbank? They do. At this point they have uh you know, sometimes you know, it dep- the rides have all originated in Burbank. Our focus is Burbank. Although mm-hmm. we have feeder rides to Ciclovia in the past, mm-hmm. we'll have rides that get out of Burbank proper. Mm-hmm. But generally, we're wanting people to explore their community and, and the com- and around and the adjoining areas. Do you guys ever do like a like a partnership with some of the businesses, like eateries or whatever? Like we're going to head over to such and such. Tony's darts away. Tony's darts away, and have a buffalo potato wedges they have. Uh, we have done uh, partnerships with local businesses we did one last May 
uh, writing to World Empanadas. Uh, Tony's, um, I'm just learning what the challenges are for having a group ride that's related to a brewery or a mm. pub. Mm. And uh, I've learned the details now. It's going to be at the end of our ride. So technically the ride is over oh, yeah. and, gotcha. and you're on your own. Uh, and now <laughs> with with Burbank getting some breweries around town, there are some more potentials for that. There's one that's with a stone's throw from the bike path that's being built right now. Oh, really? That's who, that's trustworthy, trustworthy Brewing, mm. and uh, they're located on Verdugo in Burbank. And they their back door you can see the bike path from. Oh, wow! That's going to be cool. So they will be. I love that. And you, then, and then there's, the, there's McLeod's also. There's over at there's Kester several. The bike path. There's going to be several breweries along the L.A. River bike path. Well, you know, as in Outwater? Or? No, like the whole length of it. I think. Well, in out in, in Frogtown, there's the Frogtown McCl- Brewery. That right. So as as close as Frogtown is to yeah, the to L.A. River bike path. Yeah. Trustworthy is a quarter of that distance away from mm. the bike path. Mm. Good times ahead. Um, yeah, good times. And Lots four, of destinations. Yeah. All right. Mike, thanks for coming on. My um, pleasure. We've got walkbikeburbank.org to find the or, the uh, calendar of, of rides. And um, we've got that little chunk of the Chandler bike path is going to get connected within four or five years. <laughs> and then we're going to have, a, at the same time, we're going to have the... Purple line to the beach, right? No, purple line Seven to Westwood. Years. To Westwood. Okay. I think they're going to try to do a lot of stuff by 2028 when the, the Olympics, Olympics are coming. Yeah. That's so it. Yeah, some people don't want the Olympics to happen. I saw a sign. It said F the Olympics. Yeah, I know. Well, they have. They, I mean, they do have some good points. But on the transportation front, it's going to be good for L.A. because they're trying to complete a bunch of stuff before the 2028 Olympics mm-hmm. so we don't look like complete jackasses that we don't have transportation for people to come to visit us from all over the world. So that's good. All right. Um, Nick, do you have anything? Uh, thanks, Mike. We've had, w- we had uh, the, the original, I guess, president. The couple is Pat and Mary Dixon. And I think Mary Dixon is the sister of, Maggie the Peak, who that's correct. is at KPFK. Yeah, that's right. And we had them here. Yeah. I'm like thinking, what the hell are you talking about? Well, now you. Well, that was what you were know. thinking okay. until yeah. you, I Don't finished you, speaking. Is that it. what yeah. you're saying? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're gonna get the mayor of Burbank on. That's our next goal. <clears throat> we're gonna add to our collection of mayors. And All let right? us know if there's anything you want to talk about and promote. And because absolutely, we're, thank we're you. We're in your backyard. Yeah, we'll have you back on. Uh, great. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks. I rise in the morning and greet the day. Pull out the bike and I'm on my way. The transportation shows I care. Every turn of the pedal cleans the air. Green in the green, I'm saving the planet. Just like my friends Daryl, Sean, Toby, and Janet. No greenhouse gas, a tiny carbon footprint up your Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. 
go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group.